Jerome, Jerome, Jerome. I get Jerome on the phone. Jerome has spoken and the market is yelling back. Gold is yelling back. Stocks are yelling back. The dollar is yelling back. Jim Cramer's yelling back. It's been an interesting week. Cryptos are yelling back. Bonds maybe, are yelling back. Maybe we want yelling back. <laughs> Will there be anybody to yell back? I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 174 of Bizarro World. We're going to get right into it, everybody, because it's been a wonky week, week to say the least. Mr. Hodge, how are you first and foremost? How is your health? How is your beautiful family? How are you, sir? Everybody's doing great. I'm in great uh, health. Uh, kids are happy, healthy, and ready to get to summer vacation. How about you and your family, Jerome? Uh, healthy. Um, wife is healthy. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary, so that was one. fantastic. Congrats. Thank you. A solid start there. The kids are healthy. Our middle child is home from college. Uh, our other two boys are enjoying the summer. About to take a trip for a couple of days. So, no, look, fighting the good fight and uh, getting at it. I joked off air that Eyes is half as smart as I was last week, <laughs> but Eyes is still here, right? And I was I was referencing just the walloping that the market has given us, right? It's been it's been a week, and, and look, we've been we've been kind of foreshadowing that the volatility was going to increase. You've done a brilliant job of doing that for the past, you know, fourteen months or so, preparing, um, you know, people outside of the resource space, people in the overall indices, people dabbling in four hundred one ks and ETFs and IRAs. Because you yourself, you know, had a managed uh, IRA, I believe is what it was, right? And so I know that about four to five months ago, you decided that 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 capital was better allocated by yourself. And I think your timing was absolutely brilliant. Um, we always eat our own cooking. So I think it's been um, enlightening to see that the advice that you took for yourself and gave to others has 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 definitely paid dividends, pun intended. You're now sitting at a healthy cash position and, you know, being the hunting man that you are, you kind of get to pick off ducks when nobody else is hunting and the ducks are plentiful, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I continue to say that I've gotten the bond call wrong and, and Mr. Powell's not helping me uh, out there uh, in the least. Same. But, but many other things uh, were right getting out of tech stocks, uh, positioning in about a third cash and then, you know, getting out of basically broad-based uh, indices, you know, no, no small caps on the retirement side and uh, holding gold and uh, gold-related stocks, which have had held up well. And so that was the right decision. And the market continues to now crash, right? I mean, we were saying that a bear market was coming and um, that officially came right this week when the, the S&P went down uh, 20%. And now it's down almost 25%, like in a straight line. If you look at a chart, I'll continue to say, I don't see a lot of support until you get to the levels that we were at in, in sort of March 2020 around COVID time. It looks really bad out there. I mean, uh, bond yields are screaming higher. The people can't afford uh, houses even less than they could before. Um, I don't want to just jump around, but concerning, you know, Powell specifically, I run behind me, Powell Lives on the board today. Maybe I'll start writing stuff on the uh, whiteboard every week about what we're talking about. But, you know, he was up on the podium saying that there's there's no clear sign to him of an economic slowdown and that the the consumer is strong and literally if you pay any amount of attention you know that that's patently false i mean consumer confidence index is at the lowest it's ever been uh, retail sales fell off a cliff in may stock markets down 25 percent 
Uh, you know, confidence in small business owners is down. Confidence to buy durable goods is down. The signs are fucking everywhere. I mean, to stand up there and say that there's no sign of a slowing economy is uh, disingenuous. I said today he's either uh, blind, dumb, or lying. Maybe it's some combination of the uh, all three. But there's a lot of signs out there that uh, all is not well, including from Mr. Powell's own institution. I mean, if you look at the Atlanta Nowcast, Atlanta Fed Nowcast <clears throat> GDP, they've got Q2 GDP growth at precisely this much, 0.0%. So um, that's an obvious sign that, that there's an economic slowdown upon us. And so um, he's being completely disingenuous. And um, I, I guess he's trying to crash the economy to get this inflation rate down. Um, and moreover, you've got the media supporting him, right? Like I was, I read in Bloomberg, like, you know, Mr. Powell is, is, is intent on raising rates to slow down this inflation. And it's like, well, who the fuck caused the inflation? Like I was tweeting yesterday. I know you saw it because, because, because you reposted it. Like, you know, this is like the fox that just came in the hen house and ate a bunch of chickens telling the farmer that he's going to protect the chickens, you know, or that uh, a drunk driver at the scene of a crash he caused is going to drive the, the victims to the hospital. I mean, it just, it doesn't make any sense. It's nonsensical. And so, um, you got to see through that. And if you haven't already, like I say, I don't know what, what to tell you, but it's going to get worse, I, I think, is, is something that you should prepare for. And so that market psychology is slowly turning, right? I've been saying for a couple of months, it's no longer time to buy the dips. It's time to sell the rips. Um, and people are selling now. Let's talk about what held up well. And then I want to get to when do you think it turns around? Because look, we're going to be working off a baseline in Q1 of 2023. That's going to be pretty favorable, right? All of the, the, the horrible numbers and prints that are coming out now are going to start looking favorable on a year-to-year -year comp basis early next year, which is when I personally think the overall indices actually turn um, in, in bullish fashion. And I think if I'm right, and again, I've also been wrong about the bond call, I think eventually, you know, broken clock, but I think eventually it will both be proven very, very right. Um, yeah, but, but rationality and solvency. That was my next. That would that that that's kind of where I wanted to segue. You 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 got that brilliantly. So that's my question to you, Nick. Where do you think that that point and that turn happens where Jerome has enough data to say, "Hey, I've looked at the data, and inflation is cooling. We now have low sentiment. It's time to pivot." Because then, when when it's time to pivot, be clear, everybody. It's going to be a rip-roaring rally. That may take a couple of quarters, and it also may only last for a little bit before the whole thing implodes. I want to make sure everybody's absolutely clear that we are in what I believe are the last few years of, you know, this monetary MMT endgame, right? This, this, this theory where we're just going to print our way out of every problem and have a guy and a bunch of guys and a few girls behind them deciding what monetary policy in this country and around the world is going to be. I don't think they're any longer in control. I don't think they're no longer in control. I think the bond market is 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 getting ahead of them, and and that's a whole lot. But when does it turn? Nick, when do you see a a a, a soft landing? <laughs> that's the phrase they keep using. Yeah, well, it ain't, it's not going to be a soft landing. <laughs> it's already been a crash. I mean, if you look at the the trillions of dollars that have been erased from the call it the, the global financial world. I mean, you know, you got some people comparing it to two thousand and eight already. I mean, you've got um, in the crypto space, and exchanges going going away, coins going away, um, companies are going to shut their doors. We're already seeing uh, layoffs, etc. And so, um, 
you know, that takes a while to course correct. Inertia is a real thing. And I'm with you. You know, I think we get to Q1 or Q2 next year and putting the Fed aside that that's how long that this, this downturn is going to last. And so you need to be able to weather the storm for that long. As far as capitulation in the Fed, you know, I'm not sure. You know, people were calling for a, a percent rate hike this week. Um, and, 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 and Powell doesn't seem like he's going to uh, back off. So I'm not sure I want to get into the, the business of, of Fed forecasting. What I will say is that um, their actions aren't having an effect or aren't having an immediate effect, right? You know, this raising the rates hasn't slowed inflation. It came in at 8.6% in May. It's going to be likely an 8% number again in June. I mean, what they're doing is not working. And so, you know, when do they learn their lesson? I'm not sure, but I do think that by, you know, springtime next year, that's what I was writing in, in the June issue of Foundational Profits, that um, they might take that long for this market winter to end. What did hold up well was gold, right? Gold has rallied to the 1850-1852 level. Granted, it sat between 18 and 1900 for the better part of the last couple of quarters, but... Um, is, 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 is gold front running the pivot, the eventual pivot? We know the pivot happens. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you if it happens in Q3, Q4, or Q1 of next year, but we know the pivot happens. We know that with the debt levels the United States has, they, they can only raise rates so high before something breaks. What can break? A bond market can break. Junk uh, corporate credit can break. All sorts of things can break. What will break? I can't tell you that, folks, but I, I can tell you, you want to maintain you know, some sense of liquidity here between at least now and the end of the year. You and I had a conversation off air. My, lar- my two largest personal holdings you know, a week ago were each up over 100% or two weeks ago, they'd been up over 100% in a matter of weeks. And in a matter of a week, 50% of that has been given back. Hence my joke about me being half as smart as I was last week, right? And so is, is that something that's consequential to me? Not really, other than I'd like to write checks and financings uh, for bigger amounts because I like to be aggressive in my positioning. And even I am, am tempering a little bit of that aggression because one, I already have significant exposure to where if I'm proven right and this lithium trend continues forward and the companies that are discovering and exploring for and developing the materials that we need to, to, to make this pivot towards the electrification of everything. If I'm right about all of that, I'm going to do really well, whether or not I double my position or cut my position in half or just keep the position where it's at. So at this point, there's no need for me to take additional risk. However, I would say for those of you that are like-minded and aggressive, if you have capital that you can afford to let sit or work for you for for the next 12 months, man, the next few months is going to be some bargain shopping. Yeah, uh, a lot there. Lithium continues to, to be okay. You know, we talked about the Goldman Sachs report <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is sort of like Powell standing up there, right? I mean, just flies completely in the face of what's actually happening in the market. You know, they're saying lithium prices are going to go down to below $1,000. Uh, and, and and meanwhile, we're over selling in the market for $5,000. And so um, just baseless, I would say, right? You know, projections about how much uh, mines can produce, uh, we all know, uh, are different from reality when it comes to, to getting assets into production and, and getting the capex that's needed to expand and the permits and all of that. So lithium relatively, and, and that's important, is, is, is relatively safe, quote unquote, because now i got to talk about gold and the VIX. So um, 
yeah, gold held up really well. I mean, it went right to, to sort of down around 1800 and held there. You know, people are worried that it's going to break this support, but it continues to wedge itself there and held up very nicely. I would say you would say beautifully and held up, um, especially in the face of the, the rates rising like they are. So that's that's a very important thing. Another very important thing, and, and I've said this before, so sorry for being a broken record, is that gold stocks are not gold, especially when uh, the broader indices are going down like they are and, and the VIX is going up like it is. I mean, you had the VIX well above 30 today. I mean, you're starting to get to, to levels that were, I mean, it's popped there a couple of times over the past year or so, but you know, that's where it was during the COVID crash. And so uh, volatility is very high and in that environment. You know, I look at stocks like, um, I don't know, Hecla or Nico Eagle or Sabanye, they're, they're back down around 52 lows, yeah. right? Well, gold continues to hold up. And so gold is not gold stocks. Um, bought some more GLD this week. I told subscribers I was going to do that if it hit 170 bucks. It went to 168. I mean, you know, sort of picking my spots, like you say, deployed some of that capital where um, I think it's advantageous, but mostly in highly liquid stuff, right? Because you need to be able to get out. And this isn't part of your question, but it might be worth noting is that, you know, we are in a little bit of a liquidity crunch. Um, you know, people need cash as prices rise. And some of the equities that you and I dabble in on the speculative side uh, aren't necessarily liquid. I was talking to one of my brokers yesterday about selling some positions that I wanted to get out of that I don't cover in any, any leverage just to narrow down my portfolio to the quality positions that I want. And, you know. I've got hundreds of thousands of shares in some of these companies and they're trading a thousand shares a day, you know, and I feel like, appointment. like call me next week. Be here for 10 years and get a call in 10 years. We finally liquidated that position for you, Mr. Hodge. Exactly right. So uh, just a word of caution there that if you do need liquidity over the summer and you haven't sold already to, to get on it, and it is a good time, I think, to to reevaluate the positions that you want to hold on for, for the rest of the year as, as what we're talking about unfolds. And um, in doing that, you identify quality. We talked about some quality gold stocks uh, uh, on this uh, podcast last week. Uh, Revival Gold, which I'm going to visit, will have just visited by the time this uh, podcast comes out. And, and Anna Cortez, I mean, last week we were talking about Anna Cortez at 80 some cents and it went to 78 cents today. I mean, um, that thing's down below, uh, went up below. It's around a $30 million market cap with, with $10 million in the bank and, and a high grade oxide resource. And so, um, and drilling. And drilling with results to them that'll be out this summer. And so when you talk about picking off sitting ducks, right, that's, that's uh, at least for me, what I think you're referring to, right? Absolutely. Got to talk energy. Uh, oil is, is one of the few commodities that I just don't feel, you know, competent and, and, and well-versed enough to actually uh, provide guidance on allocating capital in that space. You, again, have nailed that beautifully here over the past 16 months at the very least. Where do you see oil prices going? I, I mean, uh, I'll let you opine because I just said I'm not qualified to. But where do you see them going, Nick? I don't see them going I mean, slower. I, I, yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time looking at it because we did sell oil stocks. And so we missed the last part of the move here. It's been curious that oil uh, went as high as it did, uh, given everything else that's going on in the, in the market. And you can point to geopolitical factors. Or you can point to, to refinery capacities and things like that. And there's some wonkiness going on in the in the natural gas market with you know fires at, at the facilities that are causing imbalances in the u.s and the european market um gosh i think oil stays relatively high as, as high as it can without tipping uh the u.s economy uh, faster than it 
would be going into a recession. Um, I haven't recommended any any energy stocks, but I've been personally, you know, dipping around here and there and some of the, the pipeline ones that have high dividends. Uh, but we've had a pullback, to be clear. I mean, you know, oil was up around 120 bucks a week ago. It was uh, down to 108 or 110 today. And then natural gas, at least here in the U.S., has had a, a, a rough week. So um, I'm giving you a non-answer because I guess I don't feel confident in giving you a real answer either. You know, uh, history would say that, you know, oil prices at this level cause recession quickly. I mean, you know, I've got a, a diesel truck and my wife's got the, the Yukon mom mobile and, you know, we're up to about 130 bucks each to fill those things up. And so, I mean, imagine that for the, for, for the average family, right? Uh, that's going to eat in very quickly um, and, 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 and cause them not to spend money in other places, which is why you're seeing consumer confidence where it is. There's your sign, Jerome, which yeah. is why you're seeing retail sales fall off like they are. Another sign for you, Jerome. Um, and so, yeah, a non-answer there. Oil's been sort of an anomaly in, in, in that it has stayed so high. So while it is high, I would say um, a decent place to maybe to maybe get in some stocks that are, that are in that production side of it, that, that have good balance sheets and are able to pay the dividends. It's interesting to me that the <laughs> Secretary of Energy is going to meet with oil refiners and producers to beg them to lower their prices. While Jerome Powell stands in front of the American public and lies to you, talks to you as if you were a child, speaks to us as if we are all stupid That's and it. tells us that there are zero signs of a slowing economy. It is absolutely egregious to me. It's egregious to me that he is allowed to get away with that and, 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 and not be pressed by quote unquote journalists that are there to cover what is, is, is clearly some of the most important policy decisions in our country. I, I then, because my, my brain is weird, right? I then read a Fox News poll that tells me that 56% of Americans are in favor of gun laws that would go ahead and restrict um, the way that we own guns in this country. And we've talked about Uvalde. We've talked about, you know, the mass shooting crisis that we've had in America for a very long time now, for the last couple of decades. Um, and look, when we get into specific proposals, I, 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 I want everyone out there to watch what your politicians tell you and watch what your central bankers tell you, because that should inform you as to the level of respect that they have for you, which at this point is very little. This is a Fox News poll. So for those of you watching from outside the country or, or those that just don't tend to dabble in political commentary or political news outlets, which is what Fox News is, much like CNN, much like all of them nowadays, right? CNBC, MSNBC. But Fox News tends to be very conservative in its views. So when they do a poll that says that 82% of their viewers, right, are in favor of raising the legal age to buy assault weapons to 21 and in favor of passing red flag laws that allow police to take guns from people shown to be a danger, and that 81% are in favor of background checks on buying ammunition, and that 78% are in favor of mental health checks and raising the legal age to buy any gun to 21, that's probably the bottom of the barrel as far as support goes, right? That's probably the least amount of support. The lowest amount of support is, is right around 80%. That's according to Fox News. 
So if, if you see any politician, we can have a debate another day about, you know, what's appropriate, what's not. Everybody knows that Nick and I are very pro Second Amendment, but we also believe in, 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 in intelligent uh, ownership of, 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 you know, weapons, be that firearms, be that whatever it is. There's a right and a wrong way to do everything, folks. And so when I look at a poll from Fox News and then I still see that politicians are going to go on vacation for a couple of weeks here soon and, and, and not get much done. There's some proposals floating around, but I don't I, I, I see that getting quieter by the day mm-hmm. that that should inform all of us. The, the, the respect and the dignity that politicians hold to the citizenry that votes them in. It's appalling to me. Yeah, um, I should have spent more time reading about the, the bipartisan legislation that was working its way through, because you're right, there was some headlines on that late last week, and I'm not sure if it was early this week. But um, some decent ideas, you know, not a, not an outright ban on on 18-year-olds owning assault rifles, but a delayed and, and enhanced review process, which is probably a smart policy to put into place. So we'll see uh, how much traction they can get. But you mentioned um, them thinking we're dumb, and 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 this is a thing we, we've talked about before, right? You know what they stand up and, and say, and, and then what they do, and, and 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 just what they expect us to not see through. So uh, a couple of things. I'll start with the conservative side of the, the tribe. Um, you know they're they're <laughs> out there talking about Biden inflation, and then Biden's gas prices, and Biden this, and Biden that. But um, and sure, you know he, he's partially responsible. He's the president. Um, he sent out stimulus as well. But I, I, I distinctly remember the former president, Trump, wanting his name on the checks that people got sent out, which is printing money and sending out checks is the definition of inflation. And so um, we've talked about the Cantillion effect before. You know, it takes time for that to work its way out. It's not like, um, you know, Biden showed up in office and, and, and the inflation came on. I mean, the checks, at least half the checks had already been mailed out. Right. And so. Um, people don't understand, right? They just need someone to blame. And then now I talk about the Democrats. They need someone to blame, right? And now they got their their down the refineries, right? Talking about windfall profits. Go ahead, Lulu said. No, Vladimir. They also blame Vladimir. It's the refineries right. and it's Vladimir, true. right? They're the boogeyman. <laughs> right. It's not us who made the money printer go burn and send out all the checks, right? No, it's not us. It couldn't be. Um, and then so I just have to laugh, right? When you talk about how dumb they think we are, because Biden was saying this week, he's going to consult with Senator Schumer and, and, and Congresswoman Pelosi about how to lower this inflation. Like they have a fucking clue how to do that, or they even have the capacity to do that. Back to my, fo- back to my Fox in the headhouse thing earlier, right? You know, I saw a meme that was like, you know, consulting with Schumer and Pelosi about how to lower inflation. It's like asking Vin Diesel to solve a quantum physics problem. Like, what the fuck are they going to do? They, they're powerless. And so um, it's just, you know, lip service, right? Oh, we're doing the best we can. We're on it. We're going to try to lower it. You can't lower it. You fucking caused it. I agree with you 100% on everything you just said, Nick. Um, what are you watching in the markets here this coming week? Oh, man. Crash landings. What I was going to say, and you don't have to do anything, right? Um, you know, I've had some success shorting the market recently. I've, I've gone, you know, leverage short NASDAQ a couple of times. You're not going to see me writing about that in any newsletter. It's not appropriate for, for, for most of the newsletter audience and, um, I think of, of our newsletters, or at least mine, as, as sort of long uh, newsletters. We don't yes. get into shorting or options. And so when you don't get into shorting or options, the best thing you can do is just say, hey, let me sit on this cash, let me evaluate and see what's happening. Um, and then if you really have conviction, is what I was writing today, like um, 
first at the metals. I, like I said, I bought a little bit of GLD um, and I've got some bids, bids in to buy a bit more revival. Hasn't been filled yet. Um, and then some of the uranium stocks that, that I've been eyeing. I mentioned Denison last week. It's gone from like a dollar eighteen to a dollar a week. I got a bid in below a dollar to buy a little bit of uh, Denison. But but I'm not doing much if if I'm being honest. And I am you know uh, watching, uh, waiting, seeing. Uh, like I look at that S and P chart, man, and, and I'm, there's a lot of space underneath that the the, the the most recent candles. And so I think the smartest thing you can do is is Wait again with, with the volatility this high. So I guess that's what I what I would be watching is the volatility to come back down and um, and probably a bit of capitulation on my part in, in the bond uh, call. We might you know we're down around fifteen percent on on the TLT and that's about maximum pain when you're long. You know you don't want to sit and ride that out any further. And so uh, I'll probably put a sell on, especially because uh, these Dines readers are starting to get in my ear about how I'm not Mr. Dines if you declare the end of the bond market. And so. Um, other than that, uh, waiting and watching, and, and I'll be in Idaho until Tuesday. So I'll be watching from over there. Excellent. I think it's interesting to note the dollar index had its worst day after the Powell, uh, the Powell announcement uh, the following day. Had its worst day since March of 2020, right? Granted, it's, it's, it's coming off highs. It's coming off a, a high of over 105. And so, you know, it being at 103, 104 is, is, is still a robust dollar. But that was really interesting to me, coupled with the VIX. I would say, look, there's a couple of uranium names that you could buy at pretty attractive entry points. Sky Harbor looks really cheap to me here. Labrador had a pullback the last few days. Looks cheap to me here. If I'm right about what Patriot had and you still haven't established a position, this 50% pullback here recently in Patriot shares looks cheap to me here. And so that doesn't mean things can't get cheaper. It just means that, you know, kind of like our bond call, if we, if we, you know, if we're, if we're proven right, that's going to be consequential for us in, 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 in dollars and percentage gains. And so um, those are the things that I'll be watching out for. Patriot actually had some great news on, on, on Monday. And I think, you know, it's a combination of people being panicky, um, 25 cent warrants being exercised and people selling into what's, you know, heightened volatility. And, 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 and look, I think the speculative names are always going to be the first to get sold. If you don't really know what you have, you mentioned conviction again, let me be clear. I think there's at least a hundred million tons, I think of, of 1% lithium there. I think there's a potential for 150 million, um, within that two kilometer trend. And then, you know, they have 48 other kilometers of trend to go follow and chase. So, if I'm doing the comps, I do think that could be a $10, $20 stock here by year end. So at $220, at $230, looks pretty attractive. Doesn't mean it can't go to a buck fifty. Doesn't mean it can't go to $2. Just means if, if if my target is right for what's there, I don't see lithium demand, you know, um, waning anytime soon. So Patriot's interesting. Labrador's interesting. Sky Harbor's interesting. I love those sectors. Uranium and lithium. Uranium's going to be a lot more volatile than the lithium space will be. Although right now, I'll caution, everything's volatile right now, right? Lithium Americas looks incredible at the $20 level. It just had a pretty, you know, rapid pullback here, 20, 30% over the past week. So I suspect funds are getting hit with margin calls. And it's, uh, you know, you have a lot of uh, young traders that have never traded a bear market. And maybe you got one. Oh, that is for sure. Um, uh, I don't want to give the house away, but, you know, I, I re-recommended a uh, lithium stock last week that was happened to be very fortunate timing because two days later it was halted with a feasibility study that came out talking about 82% uh, IRR, which is uh, good, <laughs> and a $2 billion uh, net present value. And that's a small, relatively low grade. 
uh, project compared to what you're talking about, but it is near the finish line, right? At the, the feasibility study level with uh, uh, hopefully provincial permitting uh, right around the corner. Um, the, one of the last things I wanted to mention was crypto in multiple capacities. You just mentioned people that haven't seen a bear market. Yeah, um, some of these crypto folks thought it was going, Bitcoin was going to $100,000 relatively soon, and, and that clearly hasn't panned out. And, um, I heard this morning that there was some survey out there that asked people that just lost 50% of their money on Bitcoin if they plan on buying more. And something like, <laughs> something like 80% of them plan on buying more Bitcoin in, in the next 12 months. And so... Um, tread carefully. Uh, that said, I bought a tiny bit more Bitcoin this week when it was below 21,000, just a tiny bit. Told you I was going to do so if it, if it got to that level and start working my way to a full coin. But uh, buyer beware, you know, it needs to hold at this level. If it, if it goes below 20,600, um, it could easily go to 14,000 for Bitcoin. Uh, and that could happen in a hurry. And um, I'd probably be buying a, a bit more there. But um, this crypto implosion has been one for the record books, right? I know you had Celsius on the, on the list, and I don't know much about that, but that was a, a, another exchange uh, that, that froze accounts this week, right? If you had money in Celsius, you were not able to withdraw it. And so you talked about needing to have liquidity and, and the need to raise cash. Well, the place where you're storing your coins is letting you take out money. Um, that's the definition of no liquidity, right? And so careful of the institutions that you... Uh, dabble with as well, I guess I would say, you know, um, uh, I tried to, to keep things in the, in the most robust and um, liquid institutions, right, who, who hopefully aren't going to send my money to heaven or keep it locked up where uh, I can't get it out. Um, and then there was a question on crypto I wanted to answer as a follow up to the, to the sort of ask me anything you and I did a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. And, and the question was, um, you know, do you buy the actual coins or, or do you buy the companies? And, and at least right now, that's a pretty easy question to answer. It's just, it's mm. just like gold. Yeah. I mean, you buy, you buy the actual gold first, you buy the actual Bitcoin first, um, especially because and, and leverage is an important point. Um, some of these companies like um, MicroStrategy and, and others have bought these coins levered um, and, and you're seeing it deleveraging in, in a big way. So. Um, for me, it's it's just the coins and, and really just Bitcoin right now in a very big way. I mean, Ethereum has had a very rough go of it lately. And so uh, Bitcoin is emerging as like the one true coin for where, you know, walking around with your Bible down the, down the aisle. It's, it's the uh, Bitcoin Bible, as it were. And so I just wanted to get that out there to, to answer that question. Well said. I encourage everybody to either ask questions in the comment section or just write in. We're more than happy to do more of the Ask Me Anything segments. We got some great feedback um, the last couple of weeks on, on the episodes about the specificity of, of, of the, the actionable advice that you know we've been trying to guide. And so hopefully it's been helpful. Hopefully it's been informative. We're going to keep this one short this week, Mr. Hodge. This is Gerardo Del Real along with Nick Hodge. This was episode number 174 of our therapy session, otherwise known as bizarro world. Say something insightful to the people. Nick. Looking for signs of a slowing economy. I can't see any. Jerome! Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one.
Thanks for watching.